Hello and welcome to episode 27 and a half of the Codec Call podcast. Yeah, it's not really a full episode, is it? It's a, it's a, we're dragging stuff out of the archives that we've never published episode. It's uh it's, I found these, uh, swept off the cutting room floor and decided that we should perhaps do something with them. Yeah. So you, you, you back know in exactly December. what it is. It is episode eight of Mock the Week, where basically we just chuck in some <laughs> clips that nobody's ever seen. <laughs> and everybody gets really disappointed because we're expecting a new show. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what it is, the clip show. <laughs> Although, <laughs> the good thing is, it's clips that we never put out, so it is new stuff. Only to them, not to us. It's just it's just, it's just, just quite horrifically out of date. Um, so, basically, back in December, we recorded an episode and it never came out for reasons. But we do have some of it available. And there's more. Wait, that's not all. So, let's let's kick off our new weekly feature on uh, on com is uh, Scotch Corner. It's Stuart Cullen's Scottish Sun. Oh, what is it? Is it the, the Sunday Sun? Is it called the Sunday Scottish Sun or is it the Scottish Sun on Sunday? It's his page about gaming that appears in the Scottish Sun on a Sunday. <laughs> um and we we uh we reproduce it online. So, uh Luckily, I was um, I was able to meet with Stuart earlier this week and discuss what's coming up in today's Scotch Corner. Lovely. Okay, so joining me today is Stuart Cullen from the Scottish Sun, who's going to talk about his Scotch Corner. Hello. All right, everybody. How, All right, are, you how are you doing? They didn't walk the door. Always walk your door because they'll never know who'll come back in. That sounds quite sinister. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to find my way back in, so hey-ho. Anyway, yeah, this Sunday, the 19th Scotch Corner um, is a smorgasbord of gaming delights. We have two reviews, three reviews actually, um, of Rico Awesomeness, one interview, Smidgenous News as always, and we also have a spotlight on a YouTuber, as seems to be the flavour of the month right now with myself. So, first off, you don't want to have the really mean meat, you want to roll in with some of the, the, the kind of side dishes. So, what better way to start off than with a bread roll? I Am Bread finally made its way onto the Xbox One, which is a cult classic of Bossa Studios. Those fine gentlemen behind Surgeon Simulator. You have one goal, and that is to become toast, and how you become toast is up to you. You are in a house... And each day you move from a room to a room to a room. So you start off in the kitchen, you'll go to the, the garage, you'll go here, you'll go there, and you'll try and become toast. It's a delightful it's a delightful romp of a game um that's on the Octodad spectrum. <laughs> as in it's hard to, to control. And when I mean it's hard to control, how it works is each trigger on the Xbox One controller is a as a corner or the bread. You hold the trigger and you kind of flop yourself across the room, but your bread can also grip. That'll be the starch. Yeah. <laughs> what, what should be an easy journey across a room actually becomes a nightmarish voyage and it becomes very much testing, but it's great fun. It's great fun and it's also soul crushing as you've climbed up the edge of a, a cabinet and you get to the top and then your grip just f- fails and you just fall back into the sink. Other than that, the game features uh, some really nice bread-themed sub-games. There's a, a baguette Reckham game where you're a baguette and you smash plates and <laughs> just destroy a kitchen and destroy rooms with a baguette of power. I am baguette. That's that's it. <laughs> you're the, the, the bread of power. 
There's bagel racing, because nothing rolls like a bagel. There's find the cheese, which is basically the main game, but you play as uh, like a Rivita. So yeah, definitely, um, I Am Bread is fun, enjoyable, and I would say look at, check it out right now. It's probably dirt cheap on Steam, but <laughs> if you want to put it on your Xbox, I think it's about fourteen ninety five. <laughs> I, I've played it. I, I think it's hilarious. I'm not sure it's fourteen ninety five worth of hilarious. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was. I thought it was okay. Have they added enough to it in the other modes? The review boils down to kind of once you master the controls, it then becomes a bit. Uh, it's like I, I'm I'm tearing through it now. But up to that point, trying to master the controls will take you two, three, four weeks. You know what I mean? I think easily before you're a bread ninja. We go from the sublime to the even more sublime, we uh, look at the new Lego character pack that is Michael Knight and Kit and the Knight Rider pack. Oh, mate. Mate, seriously. Knight Rider Lego, that is awesome. That's that it. A tiny little... I, I was blown away with the, the life-size Tom Cruise we got. Now we're right into the awesomeness that is Michael Knight with his plaid shirt and his 70s-style throw hair in Lego. It's a character pack, so it's it's not exactly what you would call a major instalment. You can use him and Kit in any level in the game, but you you don't really get any levels within the Knight Rider world. So there's no Knight Rider storyline. There is a Knight Rider adventure world, which is kind of like Las Vegas. It's kind of like just a big playground where you can go in and play about and stuff, and you unlock gold bricks and stuff. But there's no real narrative for Knight Rider in it, which is a bit disappointing. But even more disappointing is he's not voiced by the Hoff. You must have been able no. to pay a pittance to get David Hasselhoff to turn up. I don't know. I, I think he's. I think he's uh, probably pretty self-aware. I imagine that if they came knocking at his door, he <laughs> may have priced himself out of the market. This is the man who does pantomime with the crankies. Come on. He strikes me as the kind of man who's so so desperate for self-promotion that if somebody actually came to him with a great concept, he'd probably go, "Yeah, I want twenty million pounds, or I'm not doing it." Uh, but another thing as well, the kicker as well, if you're a Lego. Uh, enthusiast is like most Lego Dimension sets is this is the only way you will get Lego Michael Knight is it really worth £15 it's a grey area do you know what I mean it's like do you get enough content well you get a character in a vehicle that can be used throughout it but their skill sets are theoretically duplicated through other characters so if you've already got all the sets, you're really just buying it for completionist. You know, it's nostalgia value, isn't it? I think that's the. Well, that's the. Yeah. Th- it's it's really strange because like we've had the Mission Impossible set, we've now got the Knight Rider set. There's an A Team set. They seem to be tam into this kind of like dads who play dimensions with their kids because I don't yeah. imagine the Adventure Time team are really going to go. Oh my God, Knight Rider! <laughs> I think it began with the Back to the Future stuff, mm. and, and you, you're absolutely right. Actually, uh, it would appear that. People like basically me and Matt are the key demographic. Yeah, well, there's a lot of people I know that play it, so it's definitely working. And when I mean play it, they're they're spending copious amounts upon uh, Lego bricks. The only one of things um, of excitement on the page, I would say, is we've got a nice wee spotlight on Slopes Gaming. Slopes Gaming's on the on the upload. Uh, he's a historian of uh, gaming on YouTube. Uh, excellent videos and excellent spotlights, and he really he, he takes a series like Streets of Rage or Crazy Taxi, and he looks right back at its origins. And he did Parappa the Rapper, and he, he looked, the really nice oh, production nice. value, full of really interesting facts, and they, they really make you go, "Oh, I didn't know that." So cool. he's worth a look. Other than that, um, we've got a wee bit of news on uh, Roma. Roma have signed a FIFA team, or an esports team. They've they've done a partnership. Um, so they're the newest 
football team to, to wander into the, the eSports FIFA side so they joined Paris Saint-Germain Wolfsburg and I think Man City have got a, an actual on the books FIFA player they go out and play FIFA. that team in FIFA yeah representing that team yeah so they'll turn up at, they'll turn, yeah so what'll happen is they'll turn up at a, a FIFA competition and they'll be there with the Roma tops on like actual oh players God. And, How meta! And it's it's incredible because I was looking at it yesterday, and they actually had a press conference. They had a press conference with reviews, and they had the hold the shirt up, thumbs up. You know what I mean? I'm signing with the manager, and and then I was I was joking with with John at work about how you wonder if there's any scandals. You know what I mean? Any? I was so. I was about to say something, but I would open myself up to so many lawsuits. I'm not <laughs> I'm not going there. But yeah, also the other the other thing that's of interest is um, are we going to start seeing FIFA player transfers then? Well, I imagine, I imagine it probably will happen because if you're a really good FIFA player and say Arsenal, and Arsenal aren't involved, I don't think, at the moment, but Arsenal want you, I'm sure they could pay for you to join them. And these guys are fully paid. This is the thing. These are fully paid esports members. Having gone for like bedroom heroes, they're now fundamentally like actual. And I was saying as well, it's, it'll be weird at tournaments because you'll have like Jimmy, like, like Steve Smith, who's like amazing at FIFA, but then you'll have him who's getting no sponsorship and nothing up against like a guy for Wolfsburg who's got sponsored by Turtle Beach and all that and he's got all the money behind him and then you're going to have that kind of weird kind of that amateur that Sunday League guy and it's not really the same thing but like the Sunday League guy just bet the Premiership team you know what I mean so basically we're, we're seeing the financial elitism creep from football into esports football simulation yeah oh my god I had no idea this was a thing well Audi started sponsoring a Counter-Strike team last week which is a massive thing as well I get sorry I get the link between you know Man United sponsoring mm. someone to play as Man United in a FIFA tournament but why are Audi sponsoring a Counter-Strike team German team well, it's as simple as that wow okay we're, trust me we're not talking kiddie cash here £200,000 or something the, the, the deals struck us and it's a really interesting as well. I, 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 I don't know if I'm going beyond my remit, but I'd be really interested to hear if any of the listeners are into esports in any way, shape, and form. Because the amount of money that's getting put into the actual scene at the moment is phenomenal. Who's actually watching it? I'd just be interested to hear if anybody who's, who listens is actually could, could actually go, yeah, I'm a massive fan of FIFA esports. If you are, if you can tweet at Coding Moments or you can uh, tweet myself and uh, Stuart directly, it's FuryAC3 yep. or Clinical Andy to get me. I'm wondering if there's any super secret organisations like the uh, the CIA or FSB or Mossad that want to sponsor me to play Hitman. Well, it could it could harm because the other yeah. thing as well is like Wally Hull's taking bets and it's like you can walk into Ladbrokes and put bets on like uh, League of Legends matches in the actual high street. That's insane. It's it's creeping in, but you wouldn't. It's insane because you wouldn't know. Like you've always got like uh, Ray Ray. I forget his name. What's Ray's name? Ray Winston. My life odds. Bet now. Bet and pray. You get him turning up and going. Who's next to score in the menu match? But you don't ever get him turning up and going. Counter strike match. Who's gonna win? <laughs> first first headshot. Yeah, you know I mean, here's my odds. Who's gonna Who's gonna do the first drop shot? Ah, uh, that's that's uh, first tea bag. You know what I mean? But. I imagine that'll come in time. I want to see Ray Winston interrupt a game I'm playing <laughs> just to, to discuss the live odds. That's kind of, what what's the real meat on your smorgasbord then? The, the real meat is the cartilage tearing 
slow-mo burrowing into the brain pan of the Third Reich that is Sniper Elite 4. If you say gun porn, then that's officially all the things the Scottish Sun banned you from saying. It was bullet porn, but... (laughs) (laughs) It's not so much the gun, it's the bullet. It's the gracefulness of the bullet as it four eyes through the air. Because it really does it. It can slow-mos it. And if you play some kind of nice 80s lounge music as it flies through the air, you know what I mean? Maybe a bit of bass. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> I'm not in love. <laughs> <laughs> and then as it enters and exits in the bit in between. <laughs> but, okay. Um, so the kill comes back then. Yeah, Kilcam is back in force. But before we got to that, I also got to talk to uh, Eli Zakharov, who's the QA manager at Rebellion. And he's a very nice man. And he's a very passionate man about sniping. We chatted about... One of the big bugbearers with Sniper Elite with me is the story. Because there's always a story there. You never really feel engaged. You never really... It's like, you're here to save the world and stuff. And, uh, yeah, I get that. We know we won. It's set in stone. And I was kind of hoping for a bit more story. He was telling me there's a kind of gang of characters now you meet and who help you and who might not help you and stuff. He says there's more depth to it and stuff in that. Yeah, nah. It fades into the background. You play this game the same way you play Hitman. You play Hitman because you want to be clinical and you want to take your time and you want to study and be be, 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 be precise. Same with Sniper. Sniper can be boiled down to into the map, spot the enemies, tag them, find a location, and then just take your time and enjoy yourself. And he also went into depth about how the, the traps, you know how you can set traps like mm. uh, landmines and tripwires and stuff. He was saying how they were the most unsatisfying thing in the world to use in prior games, because what would happen is, you'd set a trap, you'd run away, and then somebody would trigger the trap, and you'd just get a number appear on your screen, like 300 points, because it was a stealth kill or something. People weren't using them because they weren't really, there weren't any point to them, really as in like in a satisfying way but what they did do is they've rigged it up so that when they trigger it and if they trigger it in the right way you'll get a kill cam so you could be walking through a forest and then all of a sudden you'll snap back to this poor German who trips a wire and uh, blows up a landmine or sets off a, a bouncing betty it's just raised the bar there's no reason went vent at the wheel you don't walk into this thinking I'll be able to do stuff that I can do if anything as is in the interview as well he says the two big things were the trap camera as well as the mechanical kills as well so now if you shoot like boats and stuff you get the slow-mo camera as the boat blows up and also the verticality he was saying verticality was a big big thing they needed and they also put in a new movement system for climbing and stuff because he felt that it was an underused element and it's a very big part of Sniper and he also was saying like how going by from playing the game it's basically what happens is you come in in your wee boat you've got this adorable wee boat you could be a sardine fisherman for all we know and with a big massive sniper rifle and what happens is you land in the beach or you land wherever you are and basically that's it on your toddy there's some officer somewhere on your way, son. Just, just on your way. It does feel very open in that respect now, and it, you, you don't feel like you're you're being channeled through linear missions anymore. Well, that's the other thing was as well as the whole. It's like up to you what you do. And he was going to like when you go in, there are hundreds of sniping positions now, but we don't tell you where they are. It's up to you to find them. Each level is three times the size of any level in Sniper Three. It's all down to your gameplay style. Um, on the lower levels. Just for comedy's sake, I just ran him with my Thompson and flattened everybody. You, you can run and gun on the lower levels, but on Authentic, it's like, wow, it's wind speed, bullet drop, AI's a wee bit smarter, they flank you and stuff and all that. 
but they're still not smart enough to realise if you put a trip mind at the top of stairs and you stand at the bottom of the stairs, you can basically <laughs> make a lot of dead bodies in a really fast time. But then Sniper Elite's always fell on its backside when you play close quarters, I feel. It lives at long range, as you would imagine. This time around, it's okay. It's okay. It's no quite as fluent as what I'd like it to be, but it's never going to be that, I think, because if it was like that, then you eliminate the point of being a sniper. But um, it's it's, real, it's it's excellent. You know, I mean, they've also put in X-ray X-ray kills for melee cams. So when you you grab them and stab them in the heart, let's just say you see more than you like. Um, <laughs> and the, the X-ray cams had more detail. Poor don't you? Uh, AI was saying that as well. There's I think there's an extra two layers now. Uh, gristle <laughs> in the uh, in the X-ray cams. I enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed it. Things that annoy me in it is you still can't do double penetration kills, or if you can, they're very hard to land. You can. In fact, Matt's done it and posted a video online, so it can be done. Yeah, but it's really hard to pull off. Do you know what I mean? You just want to be like, bump, double heart shot, job done, go home. <laughs> Another thing as well is, there's, for some bizarre reason, I was finding like when I was, uh, when I was at close range with my rifle, you would shoot guys and they would just fall down and then they get back up. <laughs> kind of like I've put like must have put a clip into a guy. I don't know how the recognition worked, but it just kept falling and just kept getting back up. At the end of the day, if you like sniper elite, if you like that kind of methodical style of game. I think it's definitely worth having your your games live just for the the style it brings, the gameplay it brings, and the kind of break from the 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 the, the rush and the bombasticness. Not you say it's not bombastic; it's bombastic in its own right. But it's a it's, it's a very enjoyable game on the whole. I think. Excellent. So, if you want to read uh, Stuart's review of Sniper Elite Four, or um, his interview with Ilya Zakharov, um, yeah, who does sound like the bad guy from Modern Warfare Two, then go to the Scottish Sun on Sunday if you happen to live in Scotland and you're lucky enough to be able to buy a physical copy, or come to codecmoments.com for everyone else. Thanks very much. Not worry, and we'll catch you as well. See you next week. That was uh, that was really interesting. Yeah, it's good. It's good. So, what? Which part of uh, which part of it did you like the best, Matt? Um, I, I like the part where Stuart talked the best. Yeah. In particular, about which subject? Which which of the games you mentioned was your favourite? I, I think uh, Sniper Elite Four was my favourite. Sniper Elite Four, and um, and the interview with the guy. What was his name? Uh, that man that works for Rebellion. Yeah. Okay, just because I've not listened to that clip yet. <laughs> For full disclosure, this is a pre-record and Matt's not actually heard it at this point. <laughs> I'm sure there was something about Halo, Tartan, you know, Xbox Love, Forza. It's bound to have been something like that in there. Yeah, well, obviously there was, but I, I cut it all out in the edit. I demand you put it back in. <laughs> so, Sniper Elite 4, what are yeah. your thoughts? You, you've been playing a lot of it. You've uh, we've We've had... Couple of review copies uh, knocking about the office. We have, we have. So I've had, I've had a bit of time on it. So we're, we're recording this uh, the day after it's come out. I've had about a week on it. Um, if you check the website for the review, Roger has had a little bit longer than that. I think he's had about ten days and has done quite a bit more of it. And we've both played single player, and it's given us the chance to really have a go at the co-op story and a go at kind of the co-op missions that are called Overwatch. And it's. I mean, anybody who's read the site or seen Twitter or, or, or listened to us at some point over the last couple of years will know that we are not so secret Sniper Elite fans. It's never been a AAA game series, but it's always provided a lot of fun. There's something unique there about it, and it's a yeah. for us at least, it's a British studio, self-published, and they they knock out these these cracking fun games, and that's exactly what Sniper Elite Four is. It's it's an evolution of the previous. They've tweaked yeah. it. 
and mastered it and made it a bit bigger, but they haven't changed the fundamental mechanics of it, which is what we go in for. The long-range sniping and the absolutely horrific X-ray bullet cams. Yeah, definitely. And uh, as Stuart alluded to in, in his piece, in close quarters, it's a bit messy and it's a bit spongy and you're not going to come out well, but that's kind of the point. Yeah, as, as Carl, you, you're sent in to wipe out entire garrisons of troops on your own, no support. You don't want to get up close. If there's two or three, you'd you probably consider it, but you probably more think about trap setting, distraction, and a bit of stealth. Yeah. The, the, the whole point of this is standing two, three, four hundred metres away and picking them off one by one without them knowing you're doing it. Yeah, the, the one thing that's always jarred me about the series is it's always felt, even in, even in three where things started to get a bit bigger and zombie army trilogy, it, it always felt very linear. And this time you go in and you get that very first section on the very first map and you start to think okay fair enough more of the same and then it opens up and you've got all your objectives you can you can approach in any manner that you choose and you suddenly realize actually this is exactly what the series needed yeah it does exactly the right thing you you feel that sense of freedom and if you you're looking at one objective and thinking that's just i can't tackle that i don't know how to tackle that you you don't have to go through it to progress you can bypass it move to something else um, in certain levels you don't even need to tackle all the objectives the secondaries are optional so you can just hit your primary and move on it's really well thought out the levels are really nicely designed and give a huge amount of variety what's there now as well a lot more than the previous games is the, the verticality this is the game where I really felt like a sniper because I was wandering around looking for a, a decent perch to sit on survey the surroundings and then you know choose to pick a couple of people off especially if i could use sound masking whereas the previous games you kind of you felt like a like a soldier with a sniper rifle because a lot of your shots were taken from ground level or from you know tucked up just around a corner yeah yeah it, it was and i tell you what that um that feeling of sniper and spotter it works superbly in the overwatch missions there's there's only two of them unfortunately i hope they do add some more um, but with one of you as the spotter on the ground, one of you as a sniper, both on the same map, but in areas where you can't interact, so you can't join each other. And as the sniper, you have no spotting capability, so you have to rely on the other person, and equally the other person needs <laughs> you to thin the herd so they can get through. It works. Nice. It does work really well. It, it probably took us about two hours to get through one of those missions as well, just constantly going at it. But um, even if you die, the checkpointing system is nice and generous, so you're not having to do things over and over again. Same same goes for the single-player campaign. If you happen to die, you're only ever put back by about a minute or so. Um, the autosave is constantly there for you. So you get that trial-and-error approach as well with that recognition that you are one person against 50, 60, 70 people. Um, no, it's just it's just excellent. Yeah, it's really, really good game. And the, the little additions, are, so, you know, being able to use silence rounds, which are there, but they're, there's scant supply of them. As you move along and you upgrade and you can buy gadgets and buy equipment oh, okay. to start the level off with, you, you'll find all your gadgets in the level anyway. But you can choose to start off with them. And one of the things you can buy is suppressed ammo for your rifle, which will start you off in the level with about 20 rounds, which is not a lot. But it's just enough for you to maybe tackle the first couple of objectives before you then go, oh, sod this, I'm going loud. 
<laughs> Which happens more often than not when you think, oh, I've been patient for too long, let's just kill people. And the, the sheer variety of places that you can actually shoot from, though, lends itself to that, you know, the whole take a shot, move position so that they can't triangulate where you are. It, it's just really nicely refined. It is. I'm really enjoying it. I'm really, and, and the, the leveling up of equipment and, you know, your skills and stuff. It's, it's, yeah, it's good. It's just good. It's good. It's good, honest, clean, Nazi sniping fun. <laughs> <laughs> It is. And if, if you if you want to go see some samples of the gameplay, um, we've been taking quite a few clips. And, and believe it or not, we actually do have a YouTube channel that we put stuff on occasionally. Not very often. But um, we've got a series of Sniper Elite 4 ones up there in a playlist. Go and check them out. They're just short clips of what the, what the really showcase and showboating stuff in the game is. It's those X-ray kill cams, which I don't know about you. I, I don't get bored of. And equally, I'm sickened by them nearly every time as well. Do you know, Stuart said something earlier when we were talking about the kill cam, and um, this is for your reference, because I know you haven't actually listened to this yet, Matthew, about about having a montage of kill cams with with some 80s power ballad running in the background. And I've just suddenly thought that actually Phil Collins' Two Hearts would be an excellent an excellent one for a, a double penetration kill. I might see if we can do something like that. So, if you want to, um, if you want to check out uh, Roger's review of Sniper Elite Four, then go to codecmoments.com, uh, and also you'll find links there to our YouTube channel where you can uh, you can check out the videos that Matt's been making as well. It, it's just it's brilliant. I love it. It's really good. It is such it is fun. Great. Let's go and do an Overwatch now. We should do, um, and it's a great start to the year for gaming as well. I know we're in February, but um, it's a good point to release it, which hopefully will do the series good. Yeah, definitely. Well, it's going to be a good couple of months with um, this coming out, Wildlands coming out in March. Horizon Zero um, Dawn. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, Persona 5. In, that's April, isn't it? Yeah, that's April, yeah. Yeah. And if we get one for May, that'd really set this off. What, you mean like Prey? Prey. Nice. Yeah, we've got some, we've got some good stuff coming the first half of this year. I'm, I'm really looking forward to them. Cool. What else, what else have I pre-ordered that I thought was coming in May? Is it Sniper Ghost Warrior 3? Yeah, Sniper Ghost Warrior 3 comes in May as well. And if you take a chance and pre-order, you get the season pass gratis. That's quite good. It actually. is actually quite good. Obviously, we're not we're not condoning you go out and pre-order. That's entirely at your own, you know, discretion. But, you know, like we said, if you if you do it and you enjoy it, then great. If you don't, oh, well, you've taken one for the team. <laughs> um, just a point is actually for the uh, final point on the Sniper Elite 4 stuff. The season pass... I didn't bother with it with Sniper Elite 3. I think I'll be doing it this time uh, because it's got four story DLCs, which I believe all of them can be done in co-op as well, and quite quite a number of characters and weapons and other bits and pieces. But if it's the same quality as the main game and the quality of DLC we got for Sniper Elite 3, it'll definitely be worth doing because that Save Churchill DLC, three drops of three massive levels, and the levels in the new game are even bigger, it was worth the money. I think it's a, a cracking game. Really good. So, two thumbs up. There's only me could see you do that. Yeah, I, I really one, of, that one of those wasn't your thumb. What? Wait, was that a joke? Let's move on. So, um, we were talking about we were talking about archive material that we we found from December. First up was our discussion that we had about VR because you were you were a lucky boy. You picked up a, a VR unit on launch. Yes, and, and by that point, I'd had about seven weeks with it. 
um, and have been able to play quite a few different games. Uh, but it, I, I think it's fair to say I wasn't finding a long-lasting experience. So we join Matt as he's he's talking about the VR games that he'd, he'd been exposed to at that point. I could chuck a lot of titles out there because I think I've had about half an hour here and there on loads of stuff, but I haven't really played anything in depth apart from Robinson the Journey. So um, I did um, I did quite a bit of VR time with that. How have you found that? How have you found VR in general? Uh, I, I really loved it. Um, I've got to say, and in fact, actually, it's just made me realise we've not had a recorded podcast since I got my VR unit. No, we haven't. So, so we should probably never... throw a little bit of that in there. If I'm yeah, honest. yeah. Okay, so we'll we'll go back a little bit further um, to it turning up, and I think I've ended up with about twenty titles or so on it. I know if that's, I go into my that's pretty good going. Yeah, I know if I go into my little little folder list on the PS4, there is quite a lot on there, and. There's nothing I could honestly say I scroll past and go, oh, God, that's terrible. They're all enjoyable in one form or another, but obviously some are better. Um, Standout game at the moment is probably Res Infinite. That That's just been brilliant. I've, I loved it on the PS2. I played an awful lot of it and having it in VR, where graphically isn't really much different. Um, it's just much more immersive and it's a mean, hell of a lot of fun. Do you mean from the PS2 era? Yeah. I mean, I, I guess it's probably a question you can't answer, but if, if you'd have come to it cold, you know, not had that experience, that link with it from the PS2, uh, you know, do you think you'd have felt differently about it? No. No, it's just a really nice immersive experience. It's all about music, beats, uh, and just enjoying a rather strange journey. In fairness, they have chucked in additional levels and additional challenges, so they've updated it. And there's an Area X, which has obviously been done in 2016. Play through the main game first before that opens up. And I recommend doing that if you ever pick the game up, because you'll you'll love the whole experience that you get to begin with, and then you go into Area X, and it's almost mind-blowing. Oh, right, wow. It, it genuinely makes you go, wow. It, it's phenomenal. And I think that's that's what I've really enjoyed about it. It's, it surprised me. How engaging the original game was, and then how much they've been able to do to improve it. Well, that sounds great. Um, what any other any other kind of big big uh, hitters? I know, I know the one that I want to talk about, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to save that one because I think I know which one you want to mention. Um, <laughs> Tumble VR that's really nicely implemented. That just works really well. Uh, a lot of fun. The co-op two-player piece um, is a bit naff. Ignore that part. It's it's not very good, but the actual how is, how is that implemented? Well, you've got one person in the headset who's building the towers, and then you've got the other person who has a controller who's trying to destroy the towers. It sounds like a nice idea. It's just a bit weak, um, and the person trying to destroy the towers is going to lose most of the time. It, it's just it, it's it's not great, but the actual single player is fantastic, and that whole three D space to um, construct. Your tower in front of you, it just works brilliantly. Job Simulator, I played that over the last month um, because I had it as my code at Momentum. <laughs> Phenomenal fun. That's just get in there and have a good time. Just uh, if you like, and I know you like dicking around with things in games, you'll oh, love yeah. this because you can just fiddle and tweak and mess about with everything that's within reach. It is, is good fun. It might sound dull going and being in an office after hours as a game but it, it does actually work well what's what's the premise then 
it's in it's in twenty fifty and um the robot overlords have, have subjugated humanity. Um and basically you're visiting the museum of what life used to be like and you're putting a VR simulation in a VR simulation of what it was like to work in a job. And you do um office, chef, store clerk and mechanic. And it just it just works really, really well. It's just a nice little mess around with it all type thing. So it's kind of doing doing these um uh, uh menial is perhaps not the right word, but you know, these um these labor intensive roles through the framing of, of somebody who doesn't really understand what they're actually about. Is that that's is that it? Absolutely it. It's as if they've learned what all these jobs are from movies and T V shows. Brilliant. <laughs> she sounds like a lot of fun. It is. It is a lot of fun. The humour's spot on. It, it's a great laugh. What else have I played? Um, Until Dawn, Rush of Blood. That's really nice. That. That's really nice. Um, just for what what you'd expect to be an on rail shooter, actually, because you've got the headset on, you you've got to do a bit of ducking and diving and dodging and weaving, so you don't knock yourself out on the on beams and things or get your head cut off. It it works really well. It's creepy. Not necessarily jump scare, um, although there's probably one or two points where it does. But as you get further and further into the game, it, it becomes less scary and more just more shooting, challenging. But it's it's good fun. Um, Eve Valkyrie for the space dogfighting pilot in all of us. That is that is just immense. I really really enjoyed that. Haven't played any in weeks, but it's, it is good. Um, and coupled with that, there's an Eve Gunjack, which is basically just an arcade shooter where you just use your head to look around, pick out the targets, and press fire. Um, but that's, again, um, works that's the well. one we play a turret gun, is it? Yeah, yeah, you're just on a turret. Um, very simple, quite a cheap game as well, considering considering a lot of these VR titles are overpriced. I'm make no bones about it; they are a bit expensive. Gunjack at six quid, I thought was really good. And it's just it's just going and enjoy it and take part in a global leaderboard. Uh, what else? Tethered. That was nice. Very nice. Great take on an RTS game. Bit limited in terms of what you can do after you've sort of experienced the first couple of levels. It doesn't feel like it expands into more mechanics, but it's, it is nice while you play it. And again, another really immersive environment. Um, and there was one more that I was thinking of. It was on the tip of my tongue. Probably Ocean Descent. That's the one. The one that's just a nice enjoy it kind of experience. You can't do anything except sit there. Um but the whole the whole ocean environment just works really well. Um and the shark attack piece, which is no surprise for anybody who's who read anything about the game, um, it does manage to convey that feeling of jeopardy, mm. even though you know you just sat there on your sofa. And the the standout point of that, I think, is um, when I was when I first first actually went through it. You you're going down to the ocean floor. You're passing all the wildlife. You're coming across shipwrecks. It's really quite impressive. And then the whole shark thing happens. Um, and I was um, sat on the edge of my sofa, um, just enjoying what was going on. And, and the shark attacks. It rips the front of the cage off. That's in there. So you you do feel like you're going to kind of fall out. Um, and then it disappears, and it's obviously swimming around you, so you've got a 360 view, you can look around, um, and I'm, I'm sat there, hands clasped just off the edge of the sofa, 
Um, and the shark comes back around the front into view and swims up to me just as the cat decides to lick my fingers. Oh, no. That scared the life out of me. 4D. <laughs> yeah. So he couldn't have timed it any better, little bugger. But yeah, it, it, it works nicely from that point of view. I just love the fact that Rudy the cat was sat watching the social screen, just waiting. Oh, it's, it's either that or he plays with all the wires and yanks your head to one side when you're not expecting it. <laughs> Um, that's nice stuff. I like that. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm quite I'm quite impressed with that little catalogue that you've um, you've been playing through there. Yeah, um, and what kicked that off was what did I say? Robinson the Journey, which again is really nice, uh, brilliant, beautiful environment on this world full of dinosaurs, um, where you don't really encounter the dinosaurs that you want to encounter, but you do come across quite a few. Um, short. It probably clocks in about four or five hours. It's clearly been set up for an additional game. It feels like it's a first chapter or a prologue rather than a full title. Um, but it is, it is enjoyable. It is nice. Um, only game so far that's made me feel sick, which was disappointing. Yeah, it's it's all first-person movement, and it, it doesn't manage to avoid it. Oh, sorry, second game that's made me feel sick. It's the first full game that's made me feel sick. The first one was the VR mission that's in uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider. Because if you pick oh, the okay. first person controls on that, and it even does, come, when you select those controls, it comes up with a warning and says that <laughs> some people may find this nauseating. And it isn't lying. Within 10 seconds, I had to I had to take the headset off. It was that bad. Wow. Um, but then flicked it to the alternate controls and had no issues at all. It, it it doesn't do well with first person movement, obviously, because you're sat still, you're not going anywhere, and everything starts moving around you. It's it's a strange, strange feeling. Um, mm. But um, but yeah, it made me feel a bit queasy. But actually, it's you know, it's a nice game. It, it proves a lot of mechanics, and it shows how good a title can look as well. Because there's quite frankly, there's a couple of played which are terrible. They look awful. Um, I've seen better PS One games. Uh, than have come up under VR. But Robinson just went, yeah, yeah, this is how you can do it. Now they just have to get a full-on <laughs> game experience right. Cool. Who uh, who was Robinson? Crytek. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, it should it be was. no surprise that um, Crytek <laughs> yeah. did that Robinson was, the journey. That was my suspicion. Yeah, okay. Can it run Crisis? Yeah, probably not. Okay, so the one I want to talk about is the, on, uh, the, only, the only VR experience that I've had. Um, wasn't really even VR for me. We ended up playing Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. Yes, we did. Which is brilliant. Uh, yeah, so, uh, basically one morning I get an instant message from Matt saying, oh, if you've got a couple of hours, uh, you know, do you want to try this? Here's a link. So I'm like, all right, what's this? And it's to um, a bomb disposal manual. Yeah. <laughs> which I duly printed out and um, <laughs> sat on my sofa on a Saturday morning with a cup of coffee on a party chat uh, whilst my daughter watched nursery rhyme videos on youtube yeah it's brilliant it works really well but premise is is very simple um one of you is the diffuser one of you is the expert the diffuser is the only person who can see the bomb and in the vr environment you can physically manipulate it rotate it and uh, and do what you need to do to diffuse it but the thing is you've no idea what to do unless the other person tells you and it's all about communication and the fact that you you I played it first of all in the same room, so the second screen has the manual on there, and you've got the person, so you can you can communicate that way. But the fact that they give you the link to the website, which is bombmanual.com, you can play this game with anyone, anywhere, and it just works really well. And it's brilliant because quite literally, I could have been, you know, on the bus on my way to work. <laughs> just 
sat there with a printed copy of this manual or um or the pdf version on whatever device i happen to be carrying it's brilliant it worked absolutely brilliantly it it did and i'm I'm sat there listening to you uh, yeah how many wires has it got five what's the color sequence red yellow black yellow red stand by <laughs> and that's basically what i got it, i felt like i did have a genuine bomb expert on the, you you probably got into it you know me give me a protocol <laughs> Yeah, that um, fantastic. I really fun. enjoyed it. Absolutely I like the formality fun. of it all. <laughs> worked, <clears throat> just worked really, really well. Um, such a such a simple idea, um, and I think the VR piece isn't needed for that game to make it work. But it just it helps, especially with the same room and that feeling of isolation, and with no one there to help you. Yeah, it was um, it was phenomenal. I really enjoyed it actually. Um, there is one other I thought you might want to mention. What's that then? The London Heist. Yeah, no, you see, that's that's the one I played a demo of. Which so for for I I didn't end up I didn't end up getting VR for you know moving house reasons and um and still haven't still haven't picked it up actually. I did cash in all the bonus points I had in various hotel. Ch- I travel a lot for work. I found out I've actually got about three hundred quid worth of um of bonus vouchers, which are sat on my desk downstairs. Just thinking, do I do I buy VR or a new television? Um, <clears throat> but London Heist was seriously good fun. But I imagine a little bit short-lived. Yeah, you get through it all in maybe an hour, hour and a half, um, from start to finish. And half of that is really a little bit interactive cutscene-y. You're watching what's going on and you're playing a little bit with the environment and things that you can reach, but you're not really playing a game as such. Um, then the half that you are actually playing a game is superb fun. It it really is, because it is just straight shooting and it's just excellent. It, it, it Just the way it responds, the way it works, the way you, you do things, that even just down to that pure reload where you're grabbing a clip and putting it in and and it's just, it's really, really hard to describe. It's a its a feeling of when you're in there, you do genuinely feel like it is just you against all these people coming at you. I think the, um, the bit you played on the highway with the motorbikes and you were shooting them out and, and everything else, it's that, mm-hmm. it's before that even starts, it's that being able to play around with everything that's in the van. I know you chucked the rubbish at the guy's head, and made him shout at you. Um, I was flicking aircon switches, changing the radio stations. At one point, I went, can I open the door? Yes, you can. If I can open the door, can I lean out and shoot backwards? Yes, you can. And then you feel like you're going to fall out of the van as you see the road speed by underneath you. It, it's just all... Again, it's that presentation. It's just... You kind of nailed it. It's not long enough. It, it says, this is what we can do, but it doesn't give you a full-on... 10 12 hour experience so with that in mind uh two months on you know honestly now was it worth it do you wish you'd waited do you you know what what's your honest opinion because i know the tech's good it's a very exciting piece of equipment and there's some really interesting things out there for it but is there enough to sustain it at the moment or is it is it waiting for the big game that ties all these things together that is, uh, is actually a full game experience no it's worth it it's worth it for any gamer, it's worth it. If you're casual, I would say stay clear of it. That's that's the thing. <laughs> it just just got me thinking about Roger Havens and oh, you're a filthy casual. 
Yeah, yeah. If you're a casual gamer, it's not for you. You won't find, um, you won't find the longevity and the value in it. I think if you if you take <laughs> without sounding really bad, but if you take your game seriously, um, then it is it is an awfully good tool. Um, there are also enough 3D video bits of content on the PlayStation for you to make use of it that way. I can't, I can't remember off the top of my head the name of them, but I've got a couple installed, but one of them is just 3D movie clips um, where I've been in and watched some Mythbusters stuff in, in full 360 video, uh, which is quite nice where they were blowing, um, I think they were blowing a caravan up um, oh, cool. in slow motion, would, would give you the option, obviously, it's sat there in that environment fairly close to it so you could see everything that's going on. Um, there's there's some good stuff in there that you can go and check out. It's not just the games, um, but obviously that's what your prime your prime purpose is for getting that. Um, I will say it works extremely well as a second screen. Um, so if your other half is hogging the TV for something else um, that you might not want to watch, you know, Strictly Come Dancing or something like that, um, you can just put the headset on and crack on with whatever you're playing just as a, a standard large screen TV in front of you. I did quite a bit of Rise of the Tomb Raider like that. It's not the same graphical fidelity as your normal TV, because we all know it's not as high a resolution as that, but it's more than good enough to play. Nice. Uh, I like that. Okay, so VR is uh, is definitely worth it, unless you're a filthy casual. Yeah, that, that brings back some memories. Uh, since we recorded that, I've played, I think, two other VR games. It's probably shifted my mindset a little bit. Um, Pre-Christmas, there was Lethal VR, which is like a shooting range um, from the guys who made Burnout and um, Dangerous Golf. Really nice. Really good fun to play that. Um, it kept me in it from start to finish. I didn't come out of the headset until I completed the game. And the same goes for I Expect You to Die, which released about a week or two ago, early February, on the European store. It's been out of the US a while, and it's um, a Bond-inspired escape-the-room type puzzle. Again, fantastic fun. So there are some really good experiences out there um, and some really cracking games to get hold of. Just need to keep them coming at a steady pace. Yeah, because I was thinking the other day after reading your review on on the website, curlingmoments.com, for I Expect You to Die, what a fantastic series Bond would be to actually use all the different elements and aspects of VR. You could make a cracking Bond game by using different parts of that. So you could have like a, an on-rail shooter section when you're escaping from the enemy lair as it's it's all exploding because you've you've detonated the self-destruct. You could you could have, you know, the the puzzle element when you're trying to figure out bits of intelligence or work your way out of a, you know, like you said, a locker room situation. You could have driving sections implemented into it. If it was done well. It could be a really, really immersive title if it if it had the the kind of the action and the Bond story to pull it all yeah, together as well. It could it could work really well. And actually, one of the bizarre things I didn't I didn't mention a great deal about it in the review. I think I did touch on it though. But one of the best parts of how I expect you to die was actually the opening credits, which were were Bond credits, but so brilliantly done that you're sat in the middle of them, looking around. I just I didn't actually expect that. But enough about all the extra VR games I've been playing. There was something we talked about that you picked up pre-Christmas, which I know you've been after for a long while. I bought Skyrim. Did you? Yeah. I didn't think you were going to go for that. I never played it. It was um, it came up in the sale uh, on the Black Friday sale, and I thought, Do you know what, at that price, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy into that. I'm I don't know if I'm enjoying it. I'm I'm kind of enjoying it. 
but I just I'm finding it a little bit weird. <laughs> how how far are you into it? How how long have you played? Not long. I've played probably a I've probably maybe maybe an hour, a couple of hours. So I've done a couple of quests. But I started doing this side quest that I just kind of randomly encountered. You know, this guy's obviously after this girl and she's seeing somebody else or, you know, spending time with some other bloke. So he's like, oh, well, um, why don't I give you this letter and pretend it's from this other guy and then you give it to her and then she'll think he's a complete jerk and um, <laughs> she'll come up with me. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, all right, I'll go do that. So I was like, go and give this letter to this girl or go and speak to the other bloke. I'm like, uh, yeah, all right, then, yeah, why not? So I went to speak to the other guy. I was like, yeah, <laughs> screw that guy. And then this other bloke was like, oh, what, if, what if I write this really crap letter and say it's from him and then she'll do that? And I was like, uh, yeah, all right, yeah, whatever. And then I took his letter and I went to the girl. But you had a choice. You can either tell her what's going on or give her the letter. And I was like, I'll tell her what's going on. I, I just can't be honest <laughs> with these two chumps. And she goes, oh, my God, that guy would do that. He's such a <laughs> basically, you know, screw him. I'm going to go off with the original guy. I'm like, yeah, cool, fine, that's cool. And this is like, go on a quest with me, do some stuff. Yeah, okay, cool. We'll go kill some raiders. That's all right. Anyway, so I go to take the letter back to the original bloke, and she's been like, oh, yeah, go to his house. He lives with his mum. So I go to his house, and I went in, and then I, I kind of didn't think, it's the middle of the night, and I've just walked into somebody's house with, <laughs> with an axe. <laughs> I, and naturally, the guy in the house started attacking me. So I've only been playing this game for like 45 minutes, and I've obviously not leveled up particularly much in this point. So this, I got stuck in this complete death loop where this guy would just start attacking me the second I spawned in his house. And then if I left the house, he'd follow me and he'd attack me outside. And I'd, so I was like, what the hell am I going to do? So eventually I just, I must have done this fight about 20 times, just trying to, trying to kill him, spamming him with fire, whatever <laughs> spells, beating him up. And eventually I killed him in front of Sven's mum. And, uh, and she just went, oh, well, better him than me, I suppose. <laughs> She's like, what the hell is wrong with the people in this world? And then I just thought, all oh, right, so I'll go find Sven, and he's at the local pub. So I went in. And like, the landlady and the landlord just want to kill me straight away. They just start running across the bar. Ah. This went on ad infinitum, and I was like, oh, I've got to give up. And I, I managed to get out and get away, and I went and did a quest, killed loads of raiders, came back, you know, several levels higher. Came back into the pub, same thing happened. They're still coming at me. I'm like, oh my God, where is this ever going to end? Eventually, after, you know, another 20-odd attempts at this, spamming with fire, healing, you know, small elixir of healing, uh, trying to do this, <laughs> uh, I killed the bloke. And then I'm like, ah, killing this, the landlady. Ah, die, die, die. She falls down on her knees, you know, health depleted. And I thought, yeah. And then the health bar just shoots back up to 100%. I'm like, what's going on? Why won't she die? And it turns out she's like, she's obviously some kind of story character who can't be killed. And she's just f***ed at me for some reason. I don't know why. Probably because I murdered this guy in his house when he, you know, when he took quite reasonable umbrage to the fact that I'd walked in the middle of the night with an axe. I, I accept that, but I had no choice. He had to die. So I think I've just upset everybody in Skyrim. I don't know how to make them like me again. And it just leads to serial murder because when they start attacking me, I can't get out of it. So I'm not, I'm, I've not really found my feet yet with Skyrim. And that, that entire diatribe um, is what makes that game great because sometimes you're not sure if it is a glitch and, and you shouldn't have done that or if it is just generally the world reacting to you. And it chucks you in some amazing, just amazing stories to share with people even if they are pretty petty yeah (laughs) 
So yeah, so I basically because because I didn't have the forethought to I don't know either put my weapons away or come back at a reasonable hour of the day, I've now I'm now branded as a serial murderer, which is embarrassing. Em- so, embarrassing is something of an understatement. <laughs> I was just going to say it's it's good to know that you play Skyrim in exactly the same way you play every other game. <laughs> or, or, or badly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a thing that happened. I haven't played it since. <laughs> oh, it's another one of those. It's another one of those titles that you think, oh, that's a, that's a good price in the sale. I'll pick that up, and then you accidentally murder a couple of people, upset an entire town, and it really takes the shine off it. <laughs> I think I've not touched it since about the same amount of time, but it has had a PS4 Pro patch, so I just keep thinking, right, I need to. I need to go back and play a bit more of that because it was it was good looking anyway on the PS4 and I I loved it so much on the PS3. Like you said, any game that can kind of give you an anecdote like that is worth going back to. Oh yeah, and there'll be many more, many more anecdotes. Right, so that's it for this little little bits and pieces. Twenty-seven and a half. I'm not. I'm not. We can't call it that. Stuart wanted us to call it the wonderful thing about triggers. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's that's the that's the title from his Sniper Elite piece. I know it is. Genius. That's why he said no. <laughs> oh, we've got to. We have to. No, we don't. <laughs> Let, let's stick with 27 and a half on this one. All right, so that's it, 27 and a half. If you've got any feedback, if you want to make some comments about uh, any of the games that Stuart talked about today, if you want to get in on the discussion about esports then drop us a tweet to at Codec Moments, or you can even email contact us at codecmoments.com. Also, let us know your Skyrim stories or your, your open world stories. I want, I want to hear more of those. Yeah, and the same for your VR experiences. If you've been lucky enough to get a headset, not just on PlayStation, want to know how the Vive does for you, the Oculus, or even the Gear VR, because there are quite a few experiences out there now, and it's, it's worth knowing how everyone else get, is getting on. Uh, the last thing from me is we're mid-month recording this, so code it momentums. Get out there. If you've submitted one, let us know how you're doing on it. Send us those submission pictures when you're done. If you want to join in, head to the website, click the menu link, and take part. Um, we have had a couple of questions on Twitter clarifying certain uh, requirements for finishes and credit momentum and things be assured we've passed it to our legal team we're waiting for some verification and a response back from them hopefully we'll have that with you by the time we get to another podcast you make that sound far more officious than we've asked andy's wife to write some rules Shh. <laughs> we vaguely sounded professional for about 10 seconds then yeah but they know it's not us <laughs> right Excellent. That was good fun. Thank you. Uh, I enjoyed that, and I can't believe we're putting out two podcasts in such quick succession. It's a miracle. I know. We'll be back in August. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Bye. Bye. Don't stop it. No. Well, we haven't done Sniper Elite 4. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) We whipped through everything else and forgot to actually talk about the game we come to go on about.